mm-hmm. about to begin. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's beginning, right? So mm. shut up. The podcast is starting. Uh, starting? It's starting. It's starting. There you go. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Celluloid Breakdown. I'm Joey Bonnier. To the right of me is Sean Fall. Sean Fall. Across the table is Derek Laporte. Yep. Next to him is Tim Snow. Oh, hello! And we have a special guest today, Mr. James H. Coburn the Fourth. Hello. Hey, James. Hi. Thanks so, for having me. So, uh, in honor of, uh, yeah, give, give him an applause. Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, uh, in honor of uh, James being a guest on our show, we watched The President's Analyst, starring James Coburn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is that James Coburn the second or first? Third. The th- he's, third. The third. he's the third. Yeah. Okay. Not a math I'm guy. I'm not a math guy. No. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Subtract one. Sean. Numbers are hard. <laughs> also, if you're first, guy. if you're first, you don't go by first. That's true. Yeah. What was funny is that uh, they skipped one when they got to him. Like there was the second, and the, 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 we skipped a guy, and then we went to third. It's weird. Huh. Interesting. Oh, it's like the thirteenth yeah. floor. <laughs> it happens. Okay. Uh, so I'm not going to, you know, beat around the bush, guys. Let's just go right into the first impressions here. Um, Derek, what did you yeah. think of this movie, The it's, President's Analyst? It's it's a solid satire, very comedic. Uh, I thought James is great in it. He really, <laughs> like, like, some of those sweaty performance moments were, like, awesome. Uh, <laughs> like, just, like, specifically when he's on the boat. And he's like sweating, like, and just acting the shit out of this thing. Yeah. You can just uh, see the makeup spray. Last looks. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty funny thing. Pretty film. Film. That's what it is. Funny film? Funny, funny, funny film. film. That's what yeah. you're yeah. looking for. Yeah. yeah. Sean All right. Film. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to Sean. What'd you think, Sean? Um, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the appropriate subject matter for me. It's the uh, appropriate comedic level. Um, that sort of dark. I didn't quite know it was going to be comedic going in. And yeah, this fucker's funny. This and, uh, just to interrupt you. I thought in, in, when as soon as I read the synopsis, I was like, this movie is made for Sean Fong. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It has the proper comedic tone that he needs. Mm-hmm. It has the you know mistrust in government that he loves. Anti-government tone. Oh. Oh, man. Indeed. I'm sorry. Yeah, and anti-phone company. Oh, yeah. 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 Anti-phone. Uh, yeah. A proper amount of just enough conspiracy and a tingle, yep. you know, tickle yep. your balls a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and enough of that, like, 60s, 70s, like, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, Logan's Run sort of uh, trippy, uh, um, soil and green sort of feel to it. Where, like, you know, everything is, like, starts out kind of realistic-ish and then kind of devolves into, like, the acid trip orgy and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. hijinks yeah. ensue. For sure. Okay, uh, let's go to Mr. Tim Snow. I thought this movie was terrifically fun. I had a great time. Uh, I, you know... I. I wasn't too sure on the opening. Um, it's got this uh, yeah. this really kind of uh, uh, indie, indie yeah. filmmaker. You know, we're yeah. we're starting in in New York City. We're following this guy around. There's a couple of odd cuts in. We've got really that long shots Renzo Rossellini esque <laughs> score that's <laughs> just that. all over the place. Yeah. Um, the uh, overhead uh, building shots. Yeah, 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 overhead building, a lot of, lot of, but what, once we got like in, whatever random apartment they were able to get access to, is <laughs> yeah, they put yeah. a camp. <laughs> once, once we got into the plot though, I was absolutely sold. This movie's su- just, just a lot of fun. Um, it, uh, 
it, you could tell that it was you could tell that it was both the, the work of a first time director, and I could also tell that it was the work of somebody who had a fair amount of experience with screenwriting, which mm. Theodore J. Mm -hmm. Flicker did. Um, did he write anything the, else notable? We would know. Uh, you know, I'd have to take a right. look. Yeah, no, but uh, he, he wrote like he, he wrote a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, this this movie was very '60s, and I loved that. I yeah. grew up watching a lot of uh, a lot of late '60s cinema because mm. uh, my mom just loved it. My mom was a big fan of Doris Day, so I watched a lot of or, you know, like uh, Yours, Mine, and Ours. I don't think had Doris Day in it uh, off the top of my head, but like <clears throat> films like that and Pillow Talk and so on and so forth. Um, and it just it really had that sort of late '60s feel to it, uh, and uh, also oddly analogous to our uh, to our modern era, yeah, a little bit with Whereas, the uh, polarity of everything, especially with most of the people that you know the other countries that they were dealing with at that time. It's kind of the same ones now. Yeah, um, I think that it's interesting because the first hint that I got that it was going to go in such a comedic direction actually comes through with the editing, like some of the. Like I remember, I I love that sequence thing um, where he's in the art museum talking to the mm -hmm. other guy, and it's edited in such a way that it's hilarious. You yeah. know, Colonel um, Sanders Art Museum. Yeah, 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 that thing's that thing's great. Just but, yeah, every yeah. cut is just a new location with an equally ridiculous art object. <laughs> right, right. Oh, right. All it definitely that, yeah. all those brass brass statues and yeah. bronzes. It was yeah. very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, while we're talking to you, James, let's get your first impressions of this movie. Well, you know, I've seen it with a fresh pair of eyes today. <clears throat> and one thing I really appreciate is the quality of the work, uh, the cinematography, the set design, the production, everything. All, you know, that was really good. And the acting was good, too. Mm -hmm. all, the, all those characters were, you know, they, they did what they did. And mm -hmm. they did, a, they did, everybody did a really good job, I thought. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, also, I really appreciated those, uh, the cinematography. I thought it was really good. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, I, I enjoyed the film. Yeah, I did. It, it was trying. Fun. Yeah, he yeah. was really trying to be creative and ambitious. Yeah, I appreciate he was. that. I was I taking chances. So. I think yeah. so. It was an experimental time in cinema as well. Yeah, I think we we as just thinking <clears throat> this podcast, we've been starved for that. I mean, we obviously haven't done anything past 1960 yet. So mm -hmm. to be jumped, I mean, right into 1967 yeah. at the height of this kind of creative, drug fueled yeah. time, psychedelic era. It was great for us. It was fun. I think <clears throat> so. Mm -hmm. A couple of interesting things. Uh, Paramount Studios that made the film, they were on the verge of self-destruction mm -hmm. just before this movie came out. And they had to, they, they had gone through and sold a lot of their stuff and they hired up this new hotshot uh, head mm -hmm. of production. And this was one of the pictures that was going to help them get out of that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's unfortunate because the movie didn't do well because it got shut down. Mm -hmm. And it got it just got shut down by the government. They, I mean, even in Europe, yeah. they just quashed the whole thing. It well, was this was like the height of COINTELPRO and oh, all that yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, and and, and J. Edgar Hoover was so upset about this. I mean, he was he sent people to Paramount and said, "You guys can't do this." Blah mm. blah blah. blah. Mm -hmm. There was hijinks about the cut because uh, Theodore J. Flicker they stopped him from cutting the film, huh. and. <clears throat> He had to go back in and sneak, sneak back in, finish the film, and it's this is pretty much his version. Hmm. But wow. uh, they, they also had to change the CIA. It was a concession to them changing the CIA to what was CEA, it? The, the CEA and the FBI, and the FBI yeah. to the FBI. And we yeah. you can really see that in the when you hear it. Yeah, yeah. you know that they're saying yeah, slightly non-sync. And yeah, it's just a little off, and that that's unfortunate. Anyway, I, I enjoyed the picture a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Very good. H- yeah. Had you seen this before? You know, I have, but I, it's been a long time. And I, yeah. and, you know, like I said, I watched it with a pretty fresh pair of eyes. Yeah. Yeah. James mm-hmm. was saying that uh, this was one of the uh, pictures that was supposed to pull Paramount out of its funk. This also was the, uh, the they just hired a new CEO right before this. Right. And this was the first picture that he greenlit as mm-hmm. the CEO. That's correct. Robert Evans. Robert Evans. Actually, yeah, the story of the man. man. Bob. Bob. Evans. Bob himself. Bob Evans. Bob Evans. Everybody Bob loves Evans. Bob Evans. Yep. Uh, wow. So, so I got one a little story. Yeah. So the scene where he's running he from the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Don't say the other word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's bigoted. I'm not. <laughs> That's an inside joke in the movie. So what happened, though? This was kind of fucked up because he was running on the streets of New York City, and they were shooting this with these overhead cameras that were not visible to anybody. Nobody knew what was going on. And he accidentally ran from one precinct into another police precinct where they didn't know what was going on. (laughs) And and he got got whacked in the face by a police officer with a billy club right in the nose. Wow. Wow. So what was very funny is Dad said, who was that guy? I want want him guarding me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nobody copped to it. But the mayor sent over, you know, like a case of champagne and some caviar <laughs> to the Sherry Netherlands, where we all were at the time, yeah. to say, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can imagine uh, not, wa- not wanting to give up that guy. That's you know? excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't have the street shut down for that? They, uh, with that, no, it was, it, it was around the corner into mm-hmm. the next precinct, bam. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. You, yeah, you'd think that cop would get punished somehow. I don't think so. You think so? No, no. Yeah. I just, want, I just want some justice. Yeah. You think that's no, going to no, notice up around nobody, <laughs> nobody come to no. it. Nobody admitted no, to no, it. I just want some justice. <laughs> yeah, that's so. And they had to shut down production, supposedly. A couple days. Yeah. It was mm. a you know. I th- I think it gave him a cut on his nose or a scrape. It wasn't mm. terrible, but. Mm. Uh, I think it was embarrassing for uh, New York police, and I think it was. Uh, I think it just slowed him down for a couple of days. Yeah. Okay, yeah, give everybody a break. <laughs> I'm sure that's how they saw it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the crew wanted a break, sure. Um, so let's kind of go through the story and the plot of the film. Uh, Tim, can you kind of give us the the big picture, please? Well, we open up uh, on a sort of a, a bird's eye view of New York City, and we're following uh, a certain cast of characters, and one of them is uh, as a, a black man pushing a... Uh, a Costume cart or pushing a, a costume cart, cart wardrobe yeah. cart, yeah. clothing, you know, yeah. cl- probably the clothing yeah. district. Wearing one of my favorite style choices of the film, uh, a sweater that says Dizzy Gillespie for president, <laughs> which <laughs> Dizzy 2020, everybody. Yes. Uh, but uh, we we see that uh, this this gentleman stabs one of the covert officers that we've also been following, and it turns out that he's a member of the CEA. And uh, he goes to uh, his shrink's office, who turns out to be James Coburn. And uh, we are <laughs> What's introduced. His Sydney. Sydney Schaefer. Doctor Sydney Schaefer. Yes. And so uh, we're introduced to our main character, Doctor Sydney Schaefer. It turns out that he's been cased by the CEA to be a potential psychoanalyst for the president of the United States of America. And so he's promoted to this, and it's a, it's a. I, I believe it might be a. Uh, a montage-worthy moment. Yeah, leads us into our montage, which Ecstasy. is quite nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, but the first uh, of the movie. 
Yeah, Sean, you want to take it away? I'm starting to lose gas. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, basically, the uh, we get to Washington, D.C. He starts uh, seeing the president and hearing all his woes and trouble. They kind of do it nicely where we never actually meet the president, which is kind of cool. I thought that cool. was interesting. Meet or see him. That, yeah. That was yeah. interesting. You know what I really love? That first time he walks mm, out of the office, yeah. he's so, so excited. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. man, he's got the, the shit. Yeah. Classic yeah. James yeah. Coburn <laughs> smile. <laughs> yeah. There's like a thousand teeth in that smile. Yeah, but, yeah, the best grin. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, eat, eat. Toothy. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> his, uh, <laughs> his days start to wear on him, though, as uh, red lights are installed all around him. So he is at the beck and call of the president whenever it is needed. Uh, so he shows up and pretty much we just kind of go through this like montage of him going in and out of the president's office. And every time he gets a little bit more distraught and a little bit more distraught until he's basically just kind of psychologically just. Yeah. broken and um throughout this time we are weirdly introduced to his significant other uh right after the montage scene we go into a it, it goes into a montage love scene which is the first time that we are introduced to his lover mm -hmm. which is yeah, i mean just to me it felt like a really weird way to introduce the love interest yeah like we don't say hi we don't say anything oh we're just fucking and then like let's wake up wake up I tomorrow it's a great and way to introduce <laughs> the love interest I mean, what, what better way is there <laughs> certainly makes sense in the historical context of filmmaking mm -hmm. at the time <laughs> uh i just it, it her entire role in this movie felt very um on PC in today's Me Too movement. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, they have uh, this relationship where she doesn't want to actually marry him. Uh, she, he brings her to Washington, D.C., and they're just going to live together. This, uh, the CIA is cool with it, but the FBI is a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, old fuddy douchebags that don't like the fact that he's not married and living in sin. Poppycock. <laughs> How dare he? How dare he? So it's, it's pretty much a... On the Americans, on the American uh, tax dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much at this time that we're introduced to the whole concept of the, like the warring factions of the different portions of the government and how they're all trying to basically protect the president by making sure that we are, uh, uh, not exposing secrets through this, uh, analyst. Uh, it's kind of like the, um, uh, was the Billy Crystal movie that was uh, analyze this? Analyze this, yeah. Mm -hmm. Same thing with a, a Don instead of the president. Except she turns out to be exactly. She does turn yeah. out to be a, a spy. Uh, after he dreams about her being a spy, she actually turns out to be a spy. Um, I mean, uh, she's not a professional spy. She kind of just is like a, a rat. She's kind of Shanghai into it. I don't right? know. By the ending, I'm pretty sure. They, you know, she's a full-on spy. I okay. think she's. And we can get into split hairs yeah. by what. There's a, spy there's, too, a yeah. there's a. Uh, well, she's privy to intent, intel that uh, he just freshly learned from the president. Sure. There's a right. deleted <laughs> scene where he actually meets her. Oh uh, really? Yeah, yeah. He so supposedly meets her like, a, just, uh, like an <laughs> underground movie theater. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's more of like a believable. Like she's a CEA operative yeah, gotcha. that's planted there. Okay. But he has issues because he doesn't have anybody to confide in. Basically, yeah. everybody she gets has somebody to him by the FBR. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Did you just say everyone needs a shrink? No, he needs a shrink. He needs yeah. a shrink. Because I wrote that Maybe down. Everybody does need. <laughs> <a shrink>. Everybody <laughs> needs a shrink. I, that is the fucking tagline of this kind movie. Of, yeah. Everyone needs everyone. a shrink. It was really funny. Everybody gets a. Everyone gets a shrink. I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, to be finished, but the, the hilarity ensues a lot. I mean, yeah. just the yeah. chase after he has to decide to not be the shrink anymore and go on the run is pretty great. Uh, and I love the Russian 
spy. He's one of my favorite characters. Well, yeah, yeah before Popkin. we even get there, though. Popkin, he, yes. Yeah, but he abducts a random family going on. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yes. yes. One of my favorite yeah, segments of the film. And he, the, Who's that actor? Uh, so he, he, he was Kit, the car from Knight Rider. <laughs> I get, he's Kit he's from Knight Rider. Kit he was also Rider. in some 90s uh, children's sitcom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what it was called. Uh, was Mr. No, no, Mr. It's, Braddock uh, in uh, The Graduate, too. That's a mm. big... Boy oh, Meets World. Uh, he was the father. It's Boy Meets World. Yeah, yeah. Boy Meets World. Yeah, right? yeah, he was yeah, Feeney in right, Boy right, Meets right. World, which yeah. is more my, my era. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you guys got to watch The Graduate. His name is William Dennis. The best music video I've ever seen. His name is William Daniels, by the way. William Daniels. William yes. Daniels. Yeah. He's still going. He is still going. Wow. Still going. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he plays the the liberal father <laughs> of the typical American family. <laughs> the yeah. liberal gun loving father. My favorite movie. <laughs> That's my like car gun. gun and a house gun. <laughs> <laughs> the car gun was the car gun. That was great. That was it, it's just indicative of a lot of those really amazing one liners in this film. Yeah. There's yeah. some great impeccable. lines. What yeah. did you think of, of of them calling it a Magnum 357 and a Magnum 44 instead of a 44 <laughs> Magnum <laughs> and a 357 Magnum? I mean, that's the correct it's, terminology. It's for, yeah. They did it completely wrong. On it felt like yeah. it was very on purpose. Right? Very on purpose, maybe everything was <laughs> maybe subverted for that surreality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I loved yeah. all of that. I thought it was great. Well, it, it, I, I think it's also like that that blindness of like just embracing something without actually understanding it. So it's just kind of you know uh, um, it, more of the the cultural feeling of it than the actual thing of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I you mean, know? I think a lot of that stuff's on purpose, like like the Canadian guy saying "blimey," for yeah, instance. Yeah. That's yeah. not that, that's that's, American that's, perception that's, of what Canadians yes, would be. Exactly. Not, yeah. I thought that kid who who brought the gun in was just <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh, he was, he was great. So, he was, he was great. so real and yeah. deadpan about it. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was fantastic with his yeah. little uh, his spy junior kit. spy kit. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen the. It was a movie made in the '80s by a director whose name I forget. But talking uh, about Home Alone. No, 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 no. Uh, Better <laughs> Off Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, definitely. Yeah, the little yeah. brother in Better Off Dead. Yep. He really reminded me of that character yeah. a lot. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. Always building, like, builds a rocket ship in his bedroom out of a kit. Yeah. Do, uh, that's the I Need $2, but a uh, different kid. But yeah, that's the same movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who directed I think that's the, um, oh, God. So the, he's got a funny name. Yeah, he's got, like, an adjective in his name. Yeah. Um, but I keep thinking Cat Stevens, but that ain't right. <laughs> uh, well, Bobcat's in all of those movies. Bobcat Goldwhite? Yeah, he's in most of those movies. Like One Crazy Summer is that same guy. And um, Are you talking about the director of Better Off Dead? Yes. yes. Savage Steve Holland. Savage, Savage Steve. Steve. Told you there was an adjective. Savage, Savage, Steve. <laughs> Savage Steve. Steve Sounds Holland. like a DJ. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. 95.3, Savage Steve. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> all those John Cusack awesome. movies from the 80s. Mm -hmm. was, uh, Rock Helming. Chucks. Uh, but yeah, once the uh, once we find out that he is uh, running away or abducting this liberal family, um, <laughs> the we kind of go to a a scene where we go through all of the different countries and their spy representatives being as most likely given orders to either abduct and or kill this guy. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think they were all abducting. America's the only one trying to kill him. Right. Yeah. Like, everyone else just wants <laughs> the information. Yeah, right. He just yeah. America just wants him dead. Yeah. Uh, not even all of America. 
just at the FBR. Just the FBR. Hoover. Just Sorry, Lux. Jan, just, Lux. Yeah, what was his Jan. name? Lux. Yeah, uh, Mr. Which Lux. is great because supposedly Lux is uh, another brand name for a, a vacuum cleaner back in the 60s. Oh, yeah. That is Lux terribly Lux. interesting. Lux. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nice. Great, great symbolism. I love how small that actor was, too, oh, and how, how large the chairs they put him <laughs> in were. It really oh, just yeah. really was like, like. So good. Yeah. I think he's in those Savage Steve Holland movies, too. The and little he, one? He, yeah, he plays like the old uncle that's like trying to win the scratch off tickets or whatever. Or they were trying to win the lottery the whole time. That's one crazy summer, but either way. Hmm. Good job of acting, too, again. Yeah. Yes. Once again. I mean, he just nailed it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All the no, Yeah. None of it was like realism, <clears throat> but it was all fun to fucking yeah. watch. Oh, sure. This was yeah. a great absurdist comedy. Exactly. Great yeah. 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 I think we all love that moment, too, when Lux, or sorry, you know, Hoover, is, is in his chair, and then we have the tall guy walking through the crowd. <laughs> walking through the crowd. Oh, yeah. oh, oh man. Short, yeah. Just the great physical comedy. Yeah. That. You could yeah. see they were using like 10 year old boys in the front to be the FBI guys. So they had that whole perspective working of him. Like yeah. when he first enters, you don't notice. And he kind of looks because of the perspective. It just looks like a normal dude. But the further he winds to the front <laughs> of that, is, the larger yeah. he that became. Is honestly some of the best like physical comedy yeah, I've seen. So it was great. Yeah. And uh, in the foreground, we had a, a really interesting statue. Yeah. 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 Uh, was, I, I looked like just men wrestling. Am I wrong? It, it looks like someone sort of? giving someone else like a, like a body suplex. slam pile yeah, driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pile driver. standing 69 on yeah. yeah. almost. I was yeah. thinking that, yeah. I, I thought it was, it was more weird. violent than sexual, but it was definitely naked. Well, I... It, <laughs> <laughs> there was something naked, whatever possible in that picture. Can we picture. make yeah. that, yeah. Can we make that button show? Yeah. Yeah. I want that yeah. button, please. Yeah, that should be a button. Remember the beginning of it, close to the beginning, I think we walked into I guess it was Sydney's house, and there's the, or, or was it the, the the museum with the naked uh, ceramic? Yeah, with the yeah, big yeah. Tits right. showing. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. oh my god, yeah. Part of the Colonel Sanders yes. tour. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Colonel <laughs> Sanders. That was great. Colonel yeah, Sanders. Yeah, what was he doing in there? He was the guy who actually recruited him. So Colonel Sanders was important. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he was. like one of the head of the CEA or whatever. Well, he keeps the eleven secret herbs and spices secret. You're right. So, right. He's got, he's, if he can that. keep that secret, you know he's good for it. So. Right. We already know one of them salt. So like, there's only <laughs> ten secret ones, right? We already know that. Probably I mean, MSG, you know. <laughs> Garlic powder. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. You're already down to like five spices. <laughs> Not that big a deal. Okay, so uh, I thought a lot of this was really interesting historically, especially the way they treated the Russians. Mm. But we're caught up in this, you know, anti-government, you know, anti-FBI moment. But it's so fascinating that the FBI actually came to the director and warned him about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and suppose and he claimed that he was bugged because of this, yeah. and you know, changed the name because we had that warning at the beginning of the movie, you know, this does not affect or whatever towards the FBI. It does not portray them or whatever. So it was kind of fascinating, all the realism that was involved, even though they're making a satire. So Mm -hmm. it's very reminiscent of the strange though. I mean, it pissed them off, man. It pissed them off. It pissed Mm -hmm. them off. And, 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 you know, it's interesting how this really shows the power because they were able to shut this picture down. It was out Mm -hmm. for two weeks. Mm -hmm. It did shit in Europe. It just, it was gone. Wow. And they they made that happen. Yeah, this is pre Watergate, so it is. there is yeah. it, it, this is the extremes of presidential power, you know. And poor Paramount. Poor Paramount. Well, I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they were trying, and it didn't yeah. work. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to cry for Paramount. Yeah, so <laughs> Bob, Bob Evans had a pretty good go after it too. So yeah, they have, they yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about some of the great characters. Obviously. 
Mr. James Coburn himself. Uh, I love this one. I thought this was, I mean, I'm just not speaking objectively here. I love James Coburn. Uh, I love his stuff in Westerns. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan. I love Duck You Sucker. It's one of my favorites. Mm. Uh, I think this is an interesting movie to show off his range. To sh when he goes mm -hmm. crazy, when he gets paranoid, we have a different side here. And I think after it's after the two Flint movies. He's so doing he's, a lot of acting. So he's yeah. kind of, he's, he's, he's into his comedic element. Here, yeah. He's still doing his drama. He knows his drama. Yeah, so I, this was a really interesting role for him. And I, I liked, I liked what he was doing in this movie. Mm -hmm. You guys agree? Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I, I haven't seen a whole lot of Coburn movies in my life. Um, and I have, or I should say had a very specific, like, um, Hollywood iconoclast sort of view of him and his acting. Mm -hmm. And this just kind of blew all of that out of the water. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. This just changed my entire perspective of like what he was as an actor. You're right. Like, I think mm -hmm. he gets the reputation like he's a John Wayne. Yeah, yeah. But then you go see his acting, you're like, oh no, he's actually trained actor and pretty yeah. damn talented, uh, which is mm -hmm. clear. And don't forget, back then they had taken LSD. Mm -hmm. He had done all that stuff. Yeah. They were Comes they from loved to party and they oh. all they partied. I wanted to comment on this because of his gong playing. Oh, 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 God. oh, oh yes. He, he played it. a gong at home. Uh, that was Duke that was totally real. Duke wow. played a gong. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Really good. And in fact, uh, kind of in honor of that, at the uh, motion picture old folks home, we installed a gong. <laughs> we did. We put a big gong and a fountain over there to kind of give them a peaceful garden space. And mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a huge it's a huge fucking thing. Go there, slam it sometime. That's so cool. <laughs> wake up, wake yeah. up all those old actors. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll tell you something. I used to, Dad would play the gong. He played that. He used to sit in front of uh, a very similar gong downstairs. You could hear it throughout the entire house. <laughs> and he just he would go for you know an hour or two just to go do it. You know, to feel it, it is meditative. Yeah, it yeah. is. Well, you feel it in your body. It's yeah. very interesting. The resonance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm not a stranger to bang on the gong myself. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had one. Of them. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe the cannons are close. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't make a bang the gong joke. You know, cannons get it on. Close. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right. For a Sean Fire music reference, I, 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 my mind's still on guns. When you said you, the the gong gong thing, I thought you said gun, and that just like trigger, uh, triggered triggered uh, <laughs> made me think of the scene at the end when he is holding the gun yeah. and shooting, oh, and you M16 can just see, and loving it. You, you can yeah. see the joy in his face with every <laughs> pull of that trigger. <laughs> And I loved Kill. how he held the gun at first. It was a yeah, great yeah. little physical yep. acting yeah. moment. He like held the gun awkwardly yeah. and backwards. Like and a little doctor would. Yeah, and then, it was perfect. Then he and took then, it over. Yeah, yeah, when he got excited, he was. I think it was, was kind of foreshadowed, though, that idea that you know the, the power to kill, mm -hmm. uh, which is, there's a conversation yeah. early mm -hmm. on the show sure. about, yep. about being able to kill, and then he gets to go and feel that himself. Yep. I think that was a cathartic moment for him. That was the first question yeah. the band leader asked him. Are you mm -hmm. a man of peace? Right. Yeah. As soon as he yeah. saw him. Well, yeah. I think there was a nice or like a hero's journey sort of thing going on there. Sure. Because when we first meet him and he first learns that the the one guy that he's seeing is in the CIA, he kind of gets excited about the idea of him having a license to kill and the idea of him like being able to, you know, yeah, do no, all these things. Ultimate, yeah. ultimate uh yeah. venting. Right, right. It's not morality, but it's the yeah, the ultimate like uh yeah. The venting. ultimate way to feel better. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. then, then he finds himself on the other end of that when, you know, they are using that license to kill to kill him. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden he has a different perspective of it. And then again, the gun is in his hands and his perspective changed one again. Once and again. of course he gets to destroy the telephone company. Yeah. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Google it. today. Because everybody hates the telephone. That, yeah. that last part too. Uh, so, so 
basically he ends up uh he it has a happy ending which is great to see <laughs> sure. after all this uh because <laughs> we're talking about the snow covered house <laughs> yeah we're talking it's about the time right where every almost every government like film about the government and spies is yeah, like yeah. some like a downer ending kind of thing so um but he the the part where like like everybody already knows the business that he could tell them anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's kind of like therapeutic and they cut to him and his response afterwards gives me that kind of idea of like, of like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, this, he's going to be happy because now he, he doesn't have so much to keep from this circle of friends and family and everything, you know? Right. Um, That's true. That's cool. It was, it was interesting though. He had to, he had to destroy the phone company to keep his job. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's what yeah. led to him being able to keep the job somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really understand why, but that's <laughs> right. what said, right? Yeah. That's because what why said. else yeah. did he keep his job? Because I was thinking about, wait a minute. He didn't destroy he... the phone company, though, because they all the robots were watching yeah. him at the end. Oh, that's it's true. They were. So, the robots were watching. Yeah. Yeah, they, well, you yeah. can't really destroy the phone company. Yeah, I, mean, I think that is know, the, the ultimate thing. Like, that is the, yeah. So that's yeah. what they're saying. You can't destroy the phone company. So yeah. the whole movie is really a pro phone company plot. It's, yeah. it's a Snowden <laughs> piece and before Snowden was. Snowden. Yeah. In fact, I think the yeah. phone company likes it at the end because now yeah. they're kind of a little bit underneath the skin there. You know, they're not, you know, not going to find out about them. Not in the open. <laughs> they like it when they're not a popular. TPC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. TPC. Yeah. Wonderful logo. Yeah. Great job. Production design. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about some of the other characters here. Do we have any other acting? Uh, we talked about the girl. She's okay. Dawn? Uh, yeah, I forget her name. Uh, who's oh, the, we did. Who's the, who's she the, was okay. Joan something or Not something or other. I don't know. I thought she was, I thought she was Sissy who SpaceX. Was the C- for, uh, who was the CEA agent? Exactly. Too long. The CEA guy. The guy. He's, why does he sound so British? I didn't really. The one black guy in the uh, entire movie, by the way. Godfrey. <laughs> oh, Godfrey. Yeah. No, there were yeah. a couple That's of spies. Cambridge. Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Right. The only black dude in the picture. There were a couple of spies that were black. Oh, but no, those were uh, the yeah, Africans. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, Joffrey Cambridge was Don Masters, so he was the main. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. whatever CEA. African language they had them speaking actually had it, like clicks in it. Yeah. I assume that was not an, uh, an actual language. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that was real. Yeah. yeah. No. I, I kind of felt like all Joan of those Delaney were just. was, uh, this was her first film, if I'm not mistaken. Was that the one that died early that you were? Probably, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. You, you yeah. Know She's the found... one that took a dirt nap on the. I know that we're, I know that you're going in going in a direction, but I just want to point out that one of the things that he did, uh, Theodore Flicker did, is they really went out and they got the best technicians they could find. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the mandate. They really, I mean, they wanted people, they got people from Desi Lou, they got people from, you know, experienced television and, and motion picture guys mm-hmm. because they really wanted the film to be technically spot on. Mm-hmm. And I thought it really was. I mean, you could tell that they had the makeup people that are experts. They got one of the best uh, uh, uh one of the best uh, production diner, designers of the time. So. Sure. Well, there, there were some, sh- some of the shots of the <clears throat> telephone company when we zoom out to the to the Mister Mister Video mm, yeah, yeah. segment. Uh, we're in the USS Enterprise. Yeah, it, it was it was crazy. <laughs> it felt uh, like Disneyland, really, to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like, it's wondering yeah. like how did they do that with the technology at the time? I don't know, but uh, a definitely, human, definitely maybe? a very yeah. technically proficient film. Very very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In every way, we'll talk mm-hmm. about the sound in a little bit, but yeah, it was, fa- I, I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> sound? 
Uh, we'll, we'll get there. We're the, all, we, we have a whole corner called the Glissando Corner. Okay, where they get pretty much get to make fun of me. So it's, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. I'm good with that. Um, <laughs> bathroom break also. It's, 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 yeah. yeah, everyone, everyone, yeah. yeah you get a, exactly. Like a soda or anything like that. Just, <laughs> glissando Corner is the way to do it. Uh, Sean, I think it might be that time Uh-oh. to play your game. Oh, I need a, I need a thing. I need some help there. Oh, you need a thing. Gentlemen, are you ready? You guess the gross. Oh God! Yeah, uh, I tried. Now make it better. Clip the mic. Uh, yeah, I feel like he's doing it. I can't. I can't. I can't adjust and do the thing at the same time. What? Come on, Stop it! All right. So we are going to uh, guess the gross of some CIA and FBI movies from a little bit more recent time. Ooh. I wonder what the gross of this picture was. Uh, yeah, twenty bucks. Yeah, they're <laughs> not. Gross. It did not. I, I, no, that was no, a the joke, numbers are all like, like really inaccurate from back then, yeah. so we mm, don't. Uh, we try and use. I them. just know that it was. It, it's a cult picture, absolutely, but it did it not do well. Well, no. it didn't do well because it got pulled out of the theaters. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So first right, on our plate, let's go. It's not paranoia if they're really after you. In 1998, Tony Scott directed Enemy of the State. <sighs> this was a great one. <laughs> Thirty-five million. <laughs> 35 million just oh, right out the door. Okay. Says James Colburn. <laughs> that was fast. 35 uh, million. Fast. Man makes up his mind and goes yep. for it. So, uh, but this one had Gene Hackman. This did. one had Will Smith at it the did. top of his game. It, it had, did. you know, Seth Green. That's a weird <laughs> Sounds like a man who's going too high. John Boyd. <laughs> <But> one, year, <laughs> one year again. 1998. I'm sticking to my number. Okay, right. that's fine. James uh, Colburn goes with 35 million. I'm going to say 57 million. Joey says 57 million dollars. Tim Snow. I was going to jump in at 51. 51 million Ooh, dollars. Undercut. Jeez. And uh, Derek. I went 48. We're oh, all wow. in the sound. Wow. Uh, well, Mr. Joseph Bonnier takes it, and you guys are all way off. We are at one hundred and eleven point five million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I remember this was a big one when it, it was came bigger out. than I. Yeah. 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 Should have guessed higher. Should have guessed higher. <laughs> I would, well, like I, I don't know, man. You know, it, you know, if you think about it, the economy was doing so well back That's then. That's what it was. It was a picture going. It was a picture going time. Not like two thousand movies. They didn't have Netflix. You know. All right, gentlemen. <clears throat> what would you do if you lost everything? In two thousand and two, Andrew Davis directed Collateral Damage. Collateral damage. Oh, that's an Arnold one. Oh, shit. I didn't realize that was 2002. Wow. John Leguizamo was in it. $120 million. Right on. 120, says James Colburn, the fourth. Uh, I'm going to say 78. Joey says $78 million. Maybe I undercut there, Schwarzenegger. Tim Snow. I'm going to say 94. 94 million dollars and Derek. I'm going to say 48 million dollars oh, wow. again. Yeah, actually that works out pretty well for you, Derek. It came in at 40 million dollars. Wow. Oh, so really, it really bombed. Huh? Yeah. yeah, not too yeah. great. This is after Schwarzenegger. That's a bomb. Yeah. yeah. Which, wait, what happened? What was it after? Uh, Schwarzenegger Prime is it was after Prime for sure yeah, but well uh, after Prime I mean it was after is, True Lies which yeah. is like end of you know, days we all understand to be the pinnacle of Schwarzenegger speaking, speaking of Schwarzenegger have you guys seen the trailers for the new uh, Terminator picture no, no but I assume uh, he's making ooh, lots of money well from what I understand he's got like a lot of say in this stuff now it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like he's got he's got cool, I think like final word on casting and all sorts of crazy stuff wow well a lot of return characters too yeah all right, gentlemen. On November 6th, our freedom is history. 
1998, Edwards Wick directed The Sea. The sea. The sea. Is that that Seagal one? This is Denzel Washington, Denzel Washington. Annette Benning, oh, Bruce Willis, Tony oh, Shalhoub. Okay. Tony Shalhoub? Yeah, yeah good old Shalhoub. Of men in black fame? dollars, says James Coburn. Uh, 1998's The Siege. Joey. I say an even 60. $60 million. Tim Snow. Uh, $48 million. $48 million. Oh, sneaking in there. Huh? Take that, Derek. Derek. $23 million. $23 million. It's <laughs> a good guess. This movie sucked. Uh, too bad he sniped that 48 from you. This one came in at $40 million as God well. Damn, Whoa, dude. <laughs> just, you're just taking a book out of my... Just got it. Yeah. This fellow you know, taking it from it's, you. It's yeah. funny to me because like, a movie comes out, if it doesn't do $100 million today, it's mm-hmm. it's failed. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, well I mean, if the tickets are twenty dollars a piece, true. yeah, right. right. But everything yeah. costs at least a hundred million to make, so because well, I mean, yeah. yeah. all of your actors are twenty million each, and you need four of them. Because everything's a tent pole, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, a comedy about truth, justice, and other special effects. In 1997, Barry Levinson directed Wag the Dog. Mm-hmm. This was a. Uh... This is Dustin Hoffman, Robert yeah, De Niro, yeah, Anne yeah, Heche, yeah. Woody Harrelson, Dennis Leary, Woody. I'm sticking Willie with hundred million. Hundred yeah. million dollars says James Coburn. Not Coburn. safe guess. I mean, you know, come on, cast, cast alone. <laughs> this did not do well. I don't believe. Wang uh, the dog I was pretty believe, popular picture. I, I think. think it, I think it maybe had with a life in the yeah. you know, DVD market. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I'm going to say fifty. Fifty million dollars. Tim Snow. I'm going to go crazy. One fifteen. One fifteen. And Derek. I'm going to go real crazy. 18. 18 million dollars. <laughs> 18. You should have went with that 48, Tim. Uh, this came yes. in at 43 million dollars. Wow. Dang, man. Should have went with 48, Derek. Derek. I'm starting, every time I, like, I'm do, learning. Do every they time they I'm think that, that that was good for then or not? Um, Wag the dog. I'm not sure. I Depends think the on what budget the budget was pretty was. Low. It's hard to find yeah. budgets. Um, it is. Yeah. The... Uh, the real budget. So yeah, yeah they always yeah. obfuscate those. Yeah. The reason right. why I remember this is because I, I'm a religious listener to the West Wing Weekly, which is a podcast <laughs> about the West Wing. <laughs> Not <laughs> Joey. <laughs> I know. This might shock you guys. I like Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, the Amazing point, writer. I, I just love yeah. him. But the point is that uh, before they decided to make the West Wing, they were kind of looking at the Wag the Dog yeah. and whether a political kind of thriller comedy thing would make money. And they were saying, holy shit, no way. And they were scared <laughs> of making the West Wing. It is a great yeah. movie. Though. Yeah, oh, I love it. It's good, good movie. But I don't love it. It's good. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> Who is Salt? In 2010, Philip Noyce directed Salt. Noyce. <laughs> Noyce. Is this with Angelina Jolie? Angelina Jolie, okay. yeah. Oh, man. Angelina uh, Jolie leaves Schreiber. Uh, Schreiber Air Force. 65. $65 million, says James uh, Coburn. Uh, salt. <laughs> salt, yes. Uh, Joseph Bonnier. $41 million. $41 million. making a lot of money back in those days. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You might be Tim right. Snow? She was commanding a high price, but this, this 2000. was 2010. This is two years post-bubble. So mm. I'm looking at. Nobody's seeing the movies. Mm. So, $35 million. Mm. $35 million, mm. says Tim. Derek. Slid in under that at $24 million. $24 million. <laughs> We're piling and at the bottom. <laughs> you guys are all horrible at this game. James Coburn takes it with $118 million. Jeez, oh, wow. I, I should have stuck with my original numbers. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she's like Tomb Raider territory. Here. Yeah, yeah, that was like Mr. and Mrs. Yep. Smith era yeah. too. Yep. Yeah. She, she, can carry she was doing a lot plan. back then. All right. So last one on the board here. It's not how you play the game. It's how the game plays you. No, that's not a Yakov Smirnoff joke. 
In 2001, Tony Scott directed Spy Game. Ooh, Redford. Pinked. <laughs> oh, wait, wasn't it with Brad Pitt or Brad Pitt, oh, Brad there was Pitt lots of Redford. Bad Catherine McCormick. $45 million. $45 million. Mm. There was a lot of bad blood on that set. I'm going to say 60, 65. Didn't show up in the screen, if I remember. And they were using that in order to get... Oh, uh, mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, use that TMZ vibe to, uh, to get out. Mm -hmm. yep. Why not? Yeah. Tim Snow, what did Spy <clears throat> Game make? Well, you know, just guessing that Tony Scott was doing so well back then, it I'm going to say 86 million bucks. $86 million. And Derek? I'm going to say, again, $24 million. Wow. $24 million. <laughs> well, fuck, uh, Derek? <laughs> looks like Joseph Bonnier takes this one and the game. This one came in at $62 million. Oh. Mm. Bad blood on this set, huh? <laughs> Between whom? Bad Brad Pitt and, uh, and Robert Redford. I don't think they were getting along. The people Ooh. on that set were not getting along. Interesting. I seem to remember reading shit about that. Maybe I'm completely off. I don't yeah. know. I could see Redford being like kind of like a button-down sort of guy and not appreciating like, yeah, that. They, they, had, they, had yeah. done, exactly. they had done a river runs through it, though. Mm, true. Yeah. Mm. I could be wrong about that. Uh, yeah, it started Maybe there. he was finally tired of his shit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tired of you eating it every shot. Yeah. Put, down. Put the food down. There wasn't cereal in the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, gentlemen, now's the time to uh, go take a bathroom break because I'm going to yeah, talk about the sound. Soda? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, he's actually oh, leaving. So you're going to talk about sound while they take a break? I'll try. Well, no, they don't usually take breaks. They're just being dicks. It's totally fine now they can take okay. it this is all for everyone else so I love the sound in this movie pretty much especially the music the music's by Lolo Schifrin Lalo Schifrin very famous composer very did the famous. Mission Impossible theme it's badass what's Sean making fun of me for because Derek's eating popcorn on Mike. oh <laughs> I'm away I'm away <laughs> good for sound good for yep. sound great oh. for Glissando Corner um, there's a couple oh, great no. stuff here. I, I like the band's music. Uh, I forget to look up the band. You're going to have to look up the band. Um, is it a real band? I don't think it so. Is, it is. It, it was is? a real oh, band. Well? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because they were playing. That was like a music video interlude. They were definitely playing for that stuff, or at hmm. least they were using real music. Well, there's a lot of actors that can oh, just that play. Another, like, another theme sure. song was written for the picture. Uh yeah, yeah, right. It was. It was with the, the flutes. The two songs. Uh, that, there was a lot of stuff that was... Yeah. Okay, yeah, keep going. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll just wait. Hold for sound, please. Your children. <laughs> fucking children. It's true. All right, I'll just we're keep done. going. We're we're professional. The show must go on kind of thing for me. That's true. Um, I thought the theme was awesome in the beginning. I love the way that the guy the guy switched between themes. He was mm -hmm. like blues, jazz, R&B, fusion, spy theme, all these different themes. And I liked how it was a mishmash, pastiche kind of thing. And one thing I th that's either kind of stood out to me or I noticed is that the themes didn't get racist. So like when we went to yeah. each of the like different people, there Good were a lot point. of like racism things like in each of the scenes, but the music never went there. And we've seen a lot of movies lately where the music definitely Definitely goes yeah, there. Right. I think that is <laughs> yeah. the difference between 50s racism and 60s racism. Oh, yeah. 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 The musicians yeah. were first to, uh, to get hit. Yeah, we have 64. <laughs> Don't forget, this is 90s. We have taken basically a 10-year jump in civil rights. We uh, really have, yeah. True. This a was a lot. There was changed. a lot of racist stuff in this movie. No doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah. oh, my God. The N-word 50, 20 times yeah. in that one speech. I mean, oh, yeah. my goodness gracious. It was an astonishingly woke speech, though. It 
it sort of was, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 It, it, the one thing I really liked about that speech was just the shot. So like we're staring at him in the doctor's office giving this really long mm-hmm. speech and then he just kind of moves his chair over slightly and, and it reveals yeah. Coburn yeah. in the back. It's, there's a, a really lot nice of really great camera work yep. like that. Um, yeah. I thought it was nice, subtle. It wasn't mm-hmm. over the top. And I yeah. love that. I mean, that. That was a great shot. I thought it was could could have happened just a little earlier. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. for what it was, it was, that yeah. was a good, yeah. Well, that, you know, that was his shot of the whole film because that was like a really well-delivered monologue. It yeah. was. Yeah. But. Uh, I loved the music in general, especially just the way they would use it in irony. The, one of my favorite moments was the drive down the hall. Mm. And I, it, this was definitely made <laughs> yeah. fun of mm-hmm. in Austin Powers. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that was when I knew hallway. like really what Amazing. we were in for when this was going to be a completely absurdist comedy. Oh though. man. And the music was great. It was so adventure. Reminded me of The Great Escape at, or mm-hmm. these great adventure movies. And he's just driving forever down this stupid fucking hallway. Right. But what about the silly guards on every floor? It was so absurd. And the elevator. The elevator. doors. The effects too. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have to talk about the sound of the door. Obviously. Oh yes. Literally the sound from Star Trek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. which is great and I mean I guess in 67 I forget was Star Trek a thing I guess it was mm-hmm. yeah. must have been hey, you got yeah. a sound effect for it earlier exactly sure. yep. yeah. he's just yeah. down the hall fuck it yeah. 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 Right. you know we own the sound you know what the hell but it, it just was perfect because it added to the surreality of it and, and gave us immediately into this otherworldly aspect of it. I thought there was so many great effects that they did like that. And that was on top of the weird ADR that they yeah. decided to slowly put out of sync every time we had the FBR or the yeah. CEA. They had to do it. And not only had to do it, he made it obvious, yeah. which mm-hmm. I liked. And I yeah. think that was yes. interesting. Real nose thumb at, Real, at the authority yeah. that was forcing it him to really do It really was, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was so intentional. Yeah. It was over the top intentional. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of wides, a lot of dialogue played mm-hmm. out in the wides, which I was surprised in. But they loved those birds I've used, a lot of the wides, the master shots. Mm-hmm. It bugged me, honestly, because it's just constant ADR. And I'm just like, this feels mm-hmm. a little too Yeah, some of that close interior sound. A lot of the comedies mm-hmm. in the blocking, though, and you know, yeah, that's yeah. best totally. accomplished in a wide. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, and especially when you cut to it, it's give you that funny yeah. moment. It well, just there's feels... a lot of just TV element to this. And You're James right. saying that a lot came from Desi Lou makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think mm-hmm. people came from Desi I think I think there were TV people all around yeah. on, the whole, on yeah. the whole deal. Yeah. From the IMDb, it looks like he went on to mostly TV after this. So mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. I did love the actual moments where they did get these nice close-ups and we did get the production sound, which was really some pretty good sound. And, and it really was, was clear that it was a great take by Coburn or something. And we just got those moments. Um, so the dialogue was pretty great, especially, I mean, I guess we're, I'm just, again, we're not used to that 60s technology. Yeah, that's right. We're taking yeah. this jump and I'm just like, so spoiled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How dare I get actual Also, the multi-track. mix is so much better yeah, than anything totally. we've heard. So. N- mono, not Still right. mono. Still <laughs> mono. mono. Academy mono. Nagra. Yeah. I don't care though. They knew what they're doing. Yeah, you know, even if it is this. With a sealer board. Yeah, just the the, the the idea that they're using this small band of frequencies mm-hmm. and still getting the great results out of it is some, something we'd kind of take for granted because even in these older movies, when they're redoing the movie, they're redoing the soundtrack too. I was just looking mm-hmm. at some of these things with 2001 and they had to literally go back and re- get copies of all of the sounds from Strauss and, you know, all these men Mendelssohn, all the, you know, all the actual comp- compositions and put them back in to redo it in a, in a multi-track mix. Oh, they're so going they back to the original tapes without, and stuff? T- without hiss. Without, but, but it's so, it's like almost <laughs> not fair. It's like you're coloring the movie or something. Right. It's a little strange. Mm-hmm. Cleaning so, it up. Yeah. So in many ways, sterilizing it. yeah, you're not really doing what, Co- what Kubrick good, meant. Yeah. You know, Kubrick was trying to put it in mono. Well, anyways, I'm going off that's here. True. Well, I mean, does watching a movie without hearing the flicker of the projector change the movie? 
Like, there, you know, technology changes. Does our viewing of it change? Sure. Just watching this on yeah. an iPhone change how we perceive it? And I remember, remember too, like, uh, Sorry. remember too, like, uh, when we saw Vertigo, like, they did like a big mix after that too, which, which totally changed yeah. everything in it. And you mean like a cleanup, like they uh, did restoration, a cleanup, they, a put, restoration? they put birds over like pops and hisses. <laughs> or are you talking like about footsteps? Mm. Yeah. Or chase yeah. that yeah. girl. Those. <laughs> what are you talking about in the original or a cleanup version? They, cleaned up version they have a, like, so the newer like version right. they have like has, I don't even think it's Criterion because mm. I don't think they could get the right. And how could Hitchcock even, how could they even touch anything he did? Yeah. But give me a break. Well, I mean, they, they did a shot for shot of Psycho. So, like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing is sacred. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But exactly, yeah. they did a shot for shot. And they just ruined it. Yeah, but why? Why? <laughs> why even bother? Exactly. Right. Yeah, that should prove to not do anything to. Yeah. Well, you yeah. could ask right. that about half the pictures being made these days. It's a good point, though. Well, yeah. pictures. <laughs> pictures. I got to see my dad like pictures. I say telephone and picture, Joey. Yeah, you sound like an old man. I'm the big picture guy. <laughs> I do. I do appreciate it. Um, something I did appreciate about the dialogue, again, about this movie, I loved the way they did the other people on the phone. Mm. I thought that was really nice. It was very quiet, but still EQ'd enough to yeah. kind of feel like it's on the phone. But you still got to hear that operator. And that operator's dialogue was yeah. pretty damn funny. There was mm. a lot of really it nice moments. Buried, but it was still there. It was, it was still so clear. noticeable, yeah. yeah. Which was, again, I'm really impressed that they could even do that. That yeah. still we can even understand it with that quietness buried in the mix. So I love that. Um, and it's just like, it's part of that writing style, that subtle humor, those like throwaway things that like add to all of those little things. Like without hearing that operator on the other side, the jokes wouldn't come through quite as well. But like, it just, just kind of- Just yeah. like the artwork that- that we yeah, saw everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Subtle jabs. Did you guys notice that the alarm sped up? Where? When um when it was getting more and more intense, like mm. the president's analyst was getting oh, more yeah, and more yeah. calls. And then when he was getting like one in his soup or something. I didn't notice that. I did love yeah. that though. The, the, the soup. The soup, yeah, the soup yeah. call. Yeah. I definitely felt things getting more intense. I didn't necessarily necessarily pin it on that sound effect. But now that you say it, yeah, that's definitely happening. I also felt like the editing got a little tighter too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they For kept sure. on, yeah. Just everything sped. But it, it was a great moment because it did have an, a glissando. Sorry. You know, <laughs> hey, drink. Go ahead. Take your shot. Where's it? Where's it? Where's it? Where's it? Uh, I didn't find it in time. Yeah. There you go. It was a great glissando. But anyways, it's also a crescendo because the... <laughs> Damn, I missed time. That's so bad. Uh, but there was a crescendo because the tempo was also increasing with the alarm. That, I thought that was really interesting. Obviously, it's fake, but it, you know, it adds to the, oh, oh no, the president's analysis is more needed and more needed and more needed. Yep. And it was just a nice way of kind of setting that and up. And he's more and more disheveled every time yeah. yeah more and more paranoid yeah i loved the ooh, uh, ooh whatever the fucking choir thing is like that four note whoa, whoa oh yeah whatever that was so late <laughs> 60s it was great i mm. loved it i thought ooh. it was so yes. oh, terrible. Yeah. That, that cheesy effect whenever we saw the fbi guys the, yep. the g-men and mm. there was that great shot where the g-men are like revealed behind the crowd there's a few oh yeah that was great yeah I, and then we got oh, that yeah. great sound effect just as soon as they were revealed it was just it was perfect it was just really nice rhythmic moment yeah um, I loved one more thing. Sorry, I know I'm, I'm too, talking too much here, but the way the EQ changed when we 
we've got the junior spy kit. So when <laughs> oh, yeah. Coburn's oh, in the bathroom yeah. or whatever, and we get, and we going through the wire. So the wire's getting closer mm-hmm. and closer to the junior spy kit, but the EQ is getting more compressed and compressed. So the bandpass filter is cutting more highs and lows. Yep. So it's slowly getting more and more like a, a phone call. A phone yeah. call. Huh. I just thought that was really fucking clever for the time. You know, just nice. Yeah. Simple effect, but and the kit well, looked great. Every yeah. kid yeah. in the room actually wanted one when we saw it. At least yep. I did. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I want one of those kits. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. want that junior spy kit. All so those on, all the on-screen recording devices. I was like, I want that. Like yeah, yeah, the yeah. one yeah. that she had in the her like headphones looked great too. They yeah, looked like true. AKGs. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I guess that's about it for my sound. I don't want to go too far here. So let's uh, let's move it on to casting it today. Who indeed? So, yeah, do you guys have anyone in mind who you would, let's let's start with the big Sam guy, Sam Jackson. <laughs> yeah, James Corden. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can see that actually. Yeah. 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 He's got that, that like, comedic and that yeah. gravitas. Yeah, and, like, he can yeah. do it. He can yeah. do that part. Mm-hmm. See it. I was mm-hmm. thinking. Um, it's funny we mentioned him earlier. I was thinking of Brad Pitt. Maybe I don't know why. Yeah. Like older, I was thinking George grizzled. Clooney. I said that last yeah. week, though. Yeah. He's already made yeah. like five of these it's movies, set, though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he really yeah. has. He really has. And that's why he's probably coming to mind so quickly. But, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Who indeed? Okay. Yeah. Sam Jackson. Yeah. Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson. So Sam Jackson. Yeah. Um, I also loved, just quickly, the TPC guy, the creator. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The guy oh, from The, the Matrix. President. <laughs> the president guy. The, yeah, the yeah, head yeah. of the TPC. He was yeah. great. It just And he could he needs he, to be he, a great actor. Well, he was Steve Carell to me. Like, oh, he, yeah. the whole face oh, yeah. and everything was just- yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, okay. Anyone for the uh, the love interest? Any of the Emmas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any of the Emmas, as per usual. It's just a running gag. Yeah. yeah. It's always the Emmas. I'm going to say yeah. Emma Watson for this one. <laughs> yeah, of the sure, Emma sure. Watson. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. You know, she could use the work. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Rebel. Oh. Okay. Ooh. Rebel Wilson? Sure, why not? Sam Jackson opposite <laughs> Rebel Wilson. That's a, that's a, oh, that's I mean, a, you got to admit, that, film. that sounds funny. That, that sounds, sounds funny. It does. Right. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the Rebel Wilson, but if you put yeah. it next to Sam Jackson, I think that might work. I feel like it would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. You got to definitely have like that montage sex scene thing. Oh, that yeah. that's that's you introduce her. Yes. You do that absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and you do you do it like they did, where everything right. is like obfuscated, and you don't yeah. see who anyone is, mm-hmm. and then the next morning you reveal it's Rebel Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> Mr. Sean Faw. Yes, sir. What did this movie look like? It looked like a goddamn movie. Um, yeah, like I said, it was very TV-ish. Um, we started out with those long shots from random apartments and kind of like scoping out spy style the city. Tons mm-hmm. of zooms. These fuckers love their zoom ones in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and that's, mm. you know, that was very like 70s, 60s television fast. as well. Yeah, fast. yeah, fast zooms, fast zooms, like all the yeah. way in, all the way out, see everything, that whole range. Um, I mean, like we said, there's a lot of TV, so a lot of like wide, a lot of, a lot of playing out in the staging again. What was the format? Uh, this was two, three, two, three, five. Yeah, I think it was two, three, five. This was the widest thing we've seen so far. Yes, <laughs> yes, it was. Um, 
wasn't square. No, we're, yeah, we're definitely used to Academy 35 around yeah. here. So, mm-hmm. uh, the yeah, the super wide. Um, like I said, most of it, though, like they step, stuck with the wide shots, though. So they played around in the wide. We already talked a little bit about the the FBI scene with the just the visual gag or FBR scene of the visual gag of the tall guy getting taller and taller mm-hmm. as he comes mm-hmm. through. I mean, that those like little types of <clears throat> elements just kind of played out through the entire movie. Everything was... Everything was visually interesting, mm-hmm. and that was one of the really nice things about this movie. There was Who shot it. Um, I am horrible at all of those William names and a. faces. Fraker, Fraker. Fraker. Oh, I've heard that name before. I yeah. bet he's got a hell of an IMDb. He's been nominated a lot for the Academy Awards for Best Cinematography. Nominated five times. Uh, oh, Rosemary's five Baby. Time, five times for oh, wow. Academy Awards. Wow. Shot Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So Rosemary's Baby. Uh, He's been nominated War for Games. War Games 1941. Street Heaven Fighter can in 94. Wait. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. You remember Street Fighter 94? <laughs> wow. That's uh, Where was he on his career when, when, when he made this picture? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. This looks early in his career, I would guess, because mm. he's continued on. This feels like an early work just because it feels so free. Like one of those things, like, you know, once you get sucked yes, into that studio wow. system, like you just get third like, movie. Third yeah, movie, yeah. Yeah, there was just like a lot of like third movie. untraditional mm-hmm. shots here. Uh, you know, like all of those all of those long, very, very long shots, all the helicopter shots. Like the yeah. use of helicopters yeah. in this movie was was pretty amazing. And I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go. I got a story. Remind me one more time. I got a So, yeah, one of, one of the... Uh, one of the great helicopter shots is the uh, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so part of that montage scene early on, where in the Statue uh, he kind of cl- sees the Statue of Liberty from afar, and we get you know this great zoom lenses and whatnot. But then we're in this like really tight shot of him sitting on the torch of the Statue of Liberty, and it, as that like as the helicopter goes around, it, it just kind of keeps revealing. But in this this organic thing that like we're just so used, or at least I am so used to drone shots lately that like <laughs> the. Diff- difference between this sort of like organic thing from the helicopter versus that roboticness of the drone just gave this a completely different life than I'm yeah. so used to seeing mm-hmm. lately. So yeah. there's a story about that. Mm. Nobody had been up to the torch for almost 40 years. Oh, wow. Wow. And they got special permission mm. to go up there. And you can't really see it, but there was someone holding on to uh, uh, Sydney's legs Mm. So that he wouldn't fall off. Gotcha. Yeah. Off the fucking door. Wow. But wow. so that no one had been up there in like forty years. Wow. That's really so a long, interesting. Amazing, amazing long time. Your dad yeah. wasn't afraid of heights, was he? I, I listen. <laughs> you had to climb the stairs to get up there. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. Uh, I get winded just doing that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it would take me a while to get up there too. <laughs> yeah. But can you imagine? Can you imagine being there though? Um, yeah. Because yeah. I don't think they let people up there even today. I don't think not to no, go up to the torch. Yeah. It's been a long time. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. That's one of those movie moments where you get to go someplace where people just don't get to go. Yeah, totally. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So everyone loves Hollywood. And the view. Yeah. yeah. And John yeah. Wayne's boat. You don't usually get to go there. <laughs> John Wayne's boat. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And they call it the Matahari. Yeah. <laughs> What's it actually called? It's called the Wild Goose. The Wild the Wild so Goose. I understand. That's a strange yeah. name for John Wayne to name his boat. But uh, Is it? 
I don't know. It just feels a little too um, slapsticky or loosey goosey for John Wayne. Western feel to it. <laughs> that, well, there's also the thing that you don't change the name of boats, so it's possible. Ah. That well, it was an old it navy with, ship. Yeah, originally. yeah. So it was probably already USS named by the time he got it. It's very bad luck to change the name of a boat. Uh-huh. Mm. Well, the old yeah. sailor ye. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. There, I had a, a few flashbacks to Alaska, the boats, and uh, the the moment the gentleman said that. But uh, that's my car gun. That was a very Alaska moment to mm-hmm. me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Florida moment too. <laughs> what about the vehicles? The other vehicles? Yeah. The, oh, the, the car. The amphibious yeah. car. That was so cool. <laughs> I, mean, the car. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It yeah. clearly was a thing. But also the, the, the convertible that they gave him in, in, oh, in, yeah. in, in D.C. That was a very slick car. Yep. I thought he pointed at the Volkswagen. We gave you a car, but it turns out it was that Lincoln or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think the cars were all slick. The ladies, remember the, when all the ladies piling? of their little Dodge mm-hmm. Dodge Dart or something. Mm-hmm. I just love all that. You know, yeah. It's just like old cars. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mr. I, Sponsored, maybe? <laughs> I don't, it didn't really seem like there was any consistency or any, you know, like today we we're used to when there's a sponsored thing, we like get a big shot it's of a Chevy exactly. every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know what happened to that amphibious vehicle? I wish your your dad had oh, I'm sure it. They're, oh. You know what? I'm sure they're, I mean, they, you, can, you can find them. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, a yeah. Well, That around. particular they're one's yeah, probably parked in the studio. That particular one, <laughs> who, knows? who yeah, knows? I really want to get it and just that, you know, drive a, off. Yeah, yeah. Drive off like, the pier. Hey, we're going to Hawaii later. <laughs> drive next to the pier and send them off into the water. There's buy one for you can probably 70, make it Santa Rosa. Looks like oh, okay. Mm. Is it seventy-one thousand. Uh, wow. 70,000. 70,000. Oh, you're overpaying. Well, well, go seventy-one thousand would have been too much. I bet you yeah, they're like fifteen hundred bucks now. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Sure. This is a. But that's also a house. This may be. This may be just like this one. It's a. 1967 Amphicar 770. But no make on it, though? Uh, Amphicar. Amphicar, I guess, was, was It was the, like a Tesla or a Tucker or something? Yeah, just Amphicar. It's just, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it wasn't all their parts, of course. I'm oh, sure yeah. That, That's the only yeah, way you can. Probably only yeah. made a few yeah, thousand no. of them anyway. Yeah. I, I was thinking of this because it's from also The Spy Who Loved Me, but that's cl- that was 10 years later. The Spy Who Loved Me was probably making, like, playing off this. That's, that's a Bond thing, you know, jumping into the car, the amphibious car. Well, I'm not even sure about that, though, because like you said, this movie was kind of buried, so I'm not sure how much Maybe. reference referencing there was going on to this specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or if it's just, By then, know, it would have been much more of a cult hit. I don't, I mean... I think it is a cult hit. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, sure. I assume it is now, but I, n- not being alive back then, I have a very different perception of what cult hit is. So I feel like a cult hit when there was only movie theaters is much harder to Actually, do. Actually, yeah. Than, you know, I'm not yeah. really thinking about that because I'm, you know, I'm showing my age a little bit, but yeah, yeah that was before home video exactly. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Before before any, yeah. any kind of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, by decades. So, yeah. Yeah. If you were lucky, it came around in a second run theater and just kind of the traveling sh- cycle. But yeah. I don't think that, well, you know, yes, if it was only in theaters for two weeks, there's really not much and you know, opportunity. It yeah. didn't come out on DVD until much later as well. I bo- I've got a little information on that somewhere. Oh, very hmm. cool. Let's see. Uh, while you're talking about that, let me just also mention I love the costumes, mm-hmm. the wardrobe. Obviously, yeah, Co- Coburn looks like a badass in every goddamn <laughs> shot. It's My like Sergeant God. Pepper. If if Sergeant Pepper was going to kick your ass, like it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, 
he had, and also I loved the choice of color. Did you guys notice that they kept changing their shirts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he put on that red turtleneck when he was flirting with the Russian spy. Mm-hmm. I love that moment. But there was also when um, the Russian and the CEA agent were going back and forth going through New York City and every shot they changed their shirt. Yeah. And I was like, wait, this is just a crazy time jump every shot. Yeah. At first I thought yeah. he was talking to different spies each time. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but it, was, it was funny and it was surreal. I, I love that. I loved yeah. seeing the Cafe Wa. That's famously mm. where Jimi Hendrix had- Oh, that's his, like an actual thing? It was a big deal back there, especially in 1967. That's mm. where Jimi Hendrix was getting you know, discovered, which is pretty gotcha. badass. Wow. And he jumped in and jumped out. I mm. love that. It was just a quick little, you know, Coburn jumped in in the side corner there. Loved it. They released the DVD in 2008. Oh, wow. Wow. And it's lived in obscurity uh, until that moment and even since, really. Yeah. So it wasn't put out on a VHS or or anything like that? Wow. Yeah, so I'm sure its cult life is very minimal at best. Here's what they say about it. That's interesting. It says, uh, um, oh, wait, wrong page. Uh, It says here, uh, the censors were not the only ones concerned with the disrespect of authority. The notorious head of the FBI, Edgar J. Hoover, pressured Paramount to sanitize the, the film. Evans realized the two G-men, uh, Evans revealed that two G-men had visited him to tell him that Mr. Hoover did not appreciate the FBI being made fun of. <laughs> After some resistance, Evans caved and changed the letters, the letter names to FBR and CEA, making sure that the press knew why. And of course, we they they went even further to. Bear, you know. Yeah. So what year was this again? This was 67? 60, 67. So this is like right after essentially JFK, RFK, MLK. Like, yeah. The, yeah. you know, when the CIA shows up at your house in these days, like, it's like, yeah, you yeah. might just get fucking erased. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, more pressure was applied to uh, directly to Blue Door, and I guess that's the new head. Mm. Uh, Ted Flicker was prevented from making the final cut. However, he sneaked back to the editing room and cut the negative as he wanted it. <laughs> and the extremely tight deadline me- uh, meant that the completed film went out the way w- that way with elements of biting satire and much humor. Wow. Mm. So he had to sneak in to get that done. Hoover, not renowned for a sense of humor, was angry, <laughs> made another call. And and despite largely positive reviews, like one from Howard Thompson in the New York Times, calling the film a bright, original idea developed with jaunty good humor and real flair, some amusing ba- back shots at ba- ba- amusing buckshots at bureaucracy, professional liberalism, and poor Freud, the film disappeared. <laughs> anyway, uh, where am I? Uh, I go. Uh, the film put, disappeared from theaters after a very short run. The overseas openings were canceled or delayed. The film showing up on only on TV in the UK, even though Ted Flicker was nominated for a Writers Guild Award in 1968 for the screenplay, it was the film was relatively obscure for a long time. It was not released until 2008. What a wow. shame! What a shame! Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Did what not could get they it. Do? Uh, what do? I mean, what, what would what would you do for Paramount? What are you gonna What are you gonna say no? Are they, are you gonna say, oh, well, no. I think they did as much as they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It was well, brave of them to do that, honestly. Like, yeah. if you think about who the FBI was back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that, they were scared. <laughs> I got a funny feeling that a lot of that stuff may have been lost on them, though, because they maybe weren't that smart. Hmm. Could have been. You know, they missed. I mean, they didn't. Uh, I think they. Like the hindsight of history sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. think about it. Like they, The way they were even looking at those tiny little microphones you would embed in your brain. It's all a joke then, but now we're like, that's totally possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Ten more yeah. years. Yeah. 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 We're going to be there. Yeah, they, yeah. they were crazy for thinking that, but now we're, yeah, it's about 
yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, even just the entire concept of the the phone company running everything, we're we're there now. I mean, that is Google, that is Facebook, that is that is the world that we live in. Yeah. Yeah. They are all watching us constantly. Yep. They might not have the camera facing us, but they are constantly monitoring and cataloging everything that we well, do. Well, your webcam's right. looking right at you. It may or may not be. The green light's not on right now, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I am impressed that you don't put a piece of tape up there. I, I would used to. I do just that. don't care if anyone watches me anymore. Uh-huh. If you want to see me naked, Nobody that's your it. problem. Exactly. Nobody has any secrets. <laughs> Agreed. It's definitely their problem. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So while we're talking about this, you know, films will do, you know, getting its credit, let's talk about the award season and the Oscars from that Uh-oh. year. Okay. It's called Guess the Oscar Picks. For now, there's something. <laughs> God, I hate that. All right. so, I love it. So we just, we, we go through the best. Anything top. can be a button in this podcast, James. But the bar is very low. <laughs> it's true. We just love our sound effects. All right. So let's talk about the best actor, guys. Here are the nominees, and you guys got to guess what them. Year? This is 1967. So okay. they were, you know, we're in April the of 1968. Of Okay, honoring the, the films of 1967. Here gotcha. we go. Best mm. actor. We got Spencer Tracy for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Paul Newman, Cool Hand Luke, Dustin Hoffman, The Graduate, Warren Beatty, Bonnie and Clyde, or Rod Steiger in The Heat of the Night. Wow. What, this is a stat. A, yeah. How do you even? I think it's Hoffman. I'm going to go Paul Newman. I'm going to go Newman. Hoffman also. All right. James? Sounds mm. like some learned men over there. Mm, I don't know. Not plastic. That's your guess. Sir. We got Spencer Tracy, Paul I'm going Newman. Spencer Tracy. Hey, the actual answer is Rod Steiger. Oh, no. In the heat of the night. Yeah. What was the movie? What? In the heat of the night. Oh, wow. Oh. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that a TV show? Later, yes. Yeah. Well, so yeah. It wasn't Carol O'Connor in that picture. Oh. Yeah. In the heat of the night? I'll have to look Sounds it up in a second. Familiar. Yeah, I don't know if we're all <laughs> Okay, let's anyway, move on to the next one. We can look it up in a second. So, uh, best actress. Let's look at Audrey Hepburn. For Wait Until Dark, Edith Evans, The Whispers, Faye Dunaway, Bonnie and Clyde, Anne Bancroft, The Graduate, Mrs. Robinson, love her. Catherine Hepburn, guess who's coming to dinner? Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, I think it's Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn. Um, I'm going to go the other Hepburn. Oh, you say Audrey. Audrey I'm going to go Audrey. Is I'm going to go Bancroft. You know, just, Bancroft. To be a, just to be just different. To be different. Ah, well, yeah. the answer is Catherine Hepburn. Katie Hepburn. Guess All right. who's coming to dinner? Big fans. Yeah. Big fans. I know, I've never seen Guess no. Who's Coming to Dinner. Mm-hmm. Was it good? What? Well, have you seen, have you seen the in? classic you seen uh, the Bernie Mac comedy, oh, Guess Who? <laughs> <laughs> I have not. Because they I just want to. shortened the title just a little mm-hmm. bit, and yeah. it's the same movie. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's, 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 it's a good movie. Mm. Okay. I also hear it's like Get Out as well. It's kind of got that, that feel. Or Get Out, it's kind of that play on it. No, it's I, I don't know. I mean, it's young <laughs> white girl brings black boy home. Yeah, I mean, that kind of you know. Yeah. What do you want? Subversion. Okay. <laughs> no, Sean, you look like you're about to. Say well, something. I don't think there's like you know brain transplants and whatnot. And yeah, I yeah, think yeah. true. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> spoilers! <laughs> you haven't seen Get Out yet. Come I haven't on. seen Get Out yet. Well, that's your misfortune. Get out! <laughs> Get out! <laughs> Get out of here! Sorry, that was awful. <laughs> oh. I need I, to get better at hitting that button. I need a sad trombone so for that. Sad. You need a little remote button. Yeah. Bruce Willis is also dead. Any excuse for me to hit any of these buttons is just mm. great for me. I like it too. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Okay. Yeah, please. Best director. Uh-oh. We got yeah. Norman Jewison for In the Heat of the Night, Richard Brooks in Cold Blood, Stanley Kramer, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Arthur Penn, 
Bonnie and Clyde, or Mike Nichols for The Graduate. Man, it's interesting how it's the mm, same pictures. Yeah. It's the same. Uh, I, uh, I'm going Mike Nichols. Yeah, my gut says Nichols. That's In Cold Blood? That's uh, Graduate. Ah, yeah. Mm. Who did In Cold Blood? Richard Brooks. Is that Mel Brooks' mm. brother? No. I'm going... Derek. Guess who's coming? Okay. Wasn't an option. Stanley Kramer. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, <laughs> old Brooks. Richard Brooks. The answer is Mike Nichols. Yeah. Good job. Oh, very good, gentlemen. Gosh. James and Sean get that. All right. Oh. Applause for Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh, when you get it right, you yeah. get an applause. I, I, I have, have the buttons. buttons. Uh-huh. Gotcha. <laughs> That's how that works. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and Derek comes back with a trombone. Listen, I think this is not fair. Everybody needs one of those. <laughs> yeah, right. Sean, buy it back in the middle. Yeah, I mean, it's, so in the, it's in the middle, James. You, yeah. you, got, you can read it. Yeah, 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 you, you got to read upside down. Yeah. Yeah. All you got to do is read upside down. Yeah. 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 It's not the same yeah. thing. Derek and I plugged it in, so we get yeah. to... We get to see <laughs> it right set up. Yeah. It's an experience thing too. If you have skill, you know, with the practice, yeah, you yeah, know you when to hit buttons. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind if I timing. bring this home with me so I can study? So practice. Yeah. <laughs> bring a metronome. And Joey says something witty now. Bam. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, let's do the big Kahuna Best Picture, and we got guess who's coming to dinner? The Graduate, Doctor Doolittle, <laughs> Bonnie really? and Clyde in the Heat of the Night. The Graduate. I'm going with Dr. Doolittle just for fucking love. Guess who's coming I to love dinner? I love that movie, actually. <laughs> I'm also going to go The Graduate. The answer is guess. In the Heat of the Night. Oh. No. Yeah. Might be on that. Guess we're going to have to watch that yeah, one. We're going to have to watch that one. And it does not look like Carol O'Connor's listed. No, he's, no, in, the, no. he's in the TV who's series. Who's the guy? Oh, who's the male in that? Uh, oh, it's Sydney Poitier. Sydney Poitier. Rod Steger. Okay. Sydney Poitier? Sydney Poitier. Sydney Poitier. 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 I know I'm not pronouncing it right. No, no, no. Poitier. 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 Yeah, you know, of the jackal fame? Of jackal fame. You know that movie that they based The Day of the Jackal on? Yep. Is this where that West Wing thing comes from with CJ? Oh, I'm just fucking with Derek. Derek oh, really yeah. likes the Day of the Jackal, and I've only I seen the, the original picture. That's the original. Yeah, yeah, I like that I've one only too. seen yeah. the the smash only hit, only the, the Jackal starring. I like when he goes uh, around the bush to test, <laughs> test the yeah. bullets. Yeah, I like the gun he has. In yeah, that. me too. All those really bits cool. and pieces. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Derek, do I have an outro? <laughs> hit me. Okay. There we go. Um, I love <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, it's cold. I, I don't like yes, that. Yes. <laughs> Easy with the effects on me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, thank you. All right. Let's move on, guys. We're, so our next is just pretty much miscellaneous and errata. If you got anything else you want to add, any extra stories, Mr. James Coburn? Any uh, <laughs> any other notes, funny things you noticed? Anything going on, guys? The fucking the- crop circle scene. We didn't mention yeah. that one. Oh, the, yes, uh, yes. When he is uh, making love to the, uh, the hippie lady in the field and the random spies are coming up one by one, attempting to kill him. And then another spy kills them and they leave the corpse in the field mm-hmm. and then another spy comes up and kills them and then oh my god that was just the russian nesting dolls of like spy versus spy it was just a fantastic little trail there i, I think it's so interesting that this is the work of a first-time director mm. and especially the the work of, of an established screenwriter that it's getting his first crack at directing because like mm. compare it to something contemporary like uh, uh gone girl was uh was sorkin's first turn as a wait no 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 that's been molly's yeah. game oh molly's game. molly's yeah. game yes so i remember watching molly's game in the cinema <laughs> and uh uh thinking just like man a screenwriter <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> you know 
Jesus, show some restraint. That's a but this time. was just like the blocking was fantastic. Yeah. The you this picture here that we just on. watched. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah, 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 yeah writer director. He did, yeah, yeah writer. But his first turn in the director chair, and he showed a lot of restraint for that. You know, there there are a few moments where I could kind of feel it's like, eh, that was kind of the choice of first time director, maybe. Um, but uh, uh, compared to some other first turns in a director's chair that I've seen, mm. this was this was much much more skillful. I so, agree. Two things about that. First of all, I don't know if you guys noticed, but you saw that it was a Paramount a Paramount picture, but it was a Pan Piper produced picture. That was my dad's. So, like it was his own production company. Uh, wow. So that's one thing. But this cool. is kind of interesting uh, about the director. One sticking point was that Flickr wanted to direct his own script. Coburn recalled, I asked him if he could direct, and he said he had directed some television. I'd been working at Paramount, so I gave it to Peter Bart. He fell in love with it, told Bob Evans that they had to make it. Then they asked me the same thing. Can he direct? Well, if he can't, We'll fire his ass and get someone else. <laughs> and that's the way it had to go. <laughs> Ted was a very good guy, very intellectual. Wow. Great. Yeah. 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 But was that a, was their attitude. If he can't do it, we'll just fire his ass. We'll find we'll get someone else to do it. This is right. the first, this is the first uh film I saw. I've seen The Great Escape, which has mm. which has your dad in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the first feature that I've seen that really showcases him. And what a what a fun guy to watch. You know, we've been watching a lot of Jimmy Stewart pictures. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this podcast is a big fan, old Jim. But uh, uh, I, I was getting a lot of those vibes yeah, of just yeah. like, man, what charisma. Yep. You know, what a smile, too. I mean, you could tell he was the Stella Adler school of acting. We get, we got, you know, a real, you know, pr- modern actor. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not really probably used to when we're consistently watching movies in the 50s and the 40s. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. No, oh, it, but it is a nice you know, fresh air kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I think I was just, like I had said earlier, I think I was mostly taken back by his like ability to just play. Like, you know, I just expected this staunch sort of, you know, stuffy shirt sort of John Wayne guy. And like, just to see him having fun with the role and not being afraid to like go wacky and weird mm-hmm. places and not being afraid to just kind of be open to what the role needed rather than like what his image would need. I think that the the year that this film came out in was probably really important because it just seems like such a snapshot of the time, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, such a Polaroid of just what life was and what the, what the view of the was world the was in 1967. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is right in the center. It's 1967. It came out in December of 67. I mean, so it, there was a lot of shit going down yeah. in this country too. I mean, mm-hmm. at that moment, mm-hmm. that moment it was just. Yeah. Like, and some of the films from that time just had that, like this really apparent sort of flower power kind yeah. of, you know, like. But there, there's like this this weird juxtaposition. There we go. Drink of the idea <laughs> of like you, you're very controlling government next to this super liberal flower power thing. Like there's a lot of movies in that time that Mm -hmm. are just kind of like seeing the yin and yang of those two elements kind of swirling Mm -hmm. together. And I think this was a really good rendition of that, especially because like everyone turned out to be a spy. (laughs) Don't even trust the hippies. (laughs) I I was just looking up the uh, the month of the Tet Offensive because Mm. to me, that was kind of when the public, when they always kind of were anti-Vietnam at some point, but they really turned turned. and it was actually January of 68. Oh, wow. It's like this movie missed its it, moment yeah. by like three weeks, wow. you know, or something like that. Like if it really was right after Tet Offensive, all the public would have been a little bit more mistrustful of the government, yeah. a little bit more. Maybe, maybe this would have caught on more cold maybe, hit, maybe. you know, it was, but again, I think this movie really is a great, you were talking about the first time director. I think it's a great 
just saying something. It's just the fact that he mm-hmm. has a message and, and takes chances. But how often do we find a first-time director producing a picture that is actually this good? For sure. Yeah. It just Honestly, doesn't yeah. happen that often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, you, and, uh, you they're know, taking a chance. Well, yeah. and he, you yeah. know, I mean, a genius stroke of him bringing in a lot of people from like Desi Lu, you know, just absolutely. Yeah. The, the thing that makes a picture great is aces in their places. Totally. He also brought in his own troop of actors from his own company his own school of, mm. of acting that he had going on so he they already so all together. those big they, players yeah. they were all they were all his guys mm-hmm. and they were all spot on too. they yeah. were they were and, well their their chemistry together too was apparent mm-hmm. there so yeah now that you say they work together it's very apparent yeah on the, screen, the fun definitely like, bleeds through exactly yeah it's like an improv troupe that just knows each other's signals and knows how to play off each other uh the other big uh sort of errata i need to bring up mm-hmm. is the one thing that really pissed me off visually about this movie was the lack of polarizing filters. Um, there is a scene when they are driving in a car and we're shooting through the windshield of the car and all you really see is like the glare of everything around them and all the reflections, but it's not like the good style of reflections where it's like helping to tell the story or giving you like context. It's literally just kind of like crappy filmmaking to like shoot through that reflection without kind of mitigating it in some way um I, I i didn't get any any idea in that scene that it was at all an artistic choice more just it felt like it was just you know a bad choice mm. they're just being trying to work fast yeah, yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. just low budget style but i mean because everything else was so like almost meticulous and like planned and like all of the zooms and everything was just like so kind of like spot on to me that just visually stood out as like a bit of a sore thumb. Out of character for the film. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The uh, weakest link. Sorry to get, just give you my errata here, yeah. but I think the another moment I wanted to mention was the joy to the world. We mm. started with that joy to the world montage, yeah. Yeah. which was kind of on. I wrote even down, like, what does everyone think of this? Because I was, I was weirded out. I was like, this is a little off place. And then we ended with the traditional joy to the world. Yeah. You know, we, so we got the change there. I don't know. I thought it was a little... Hitting the hammer on the head yeah, a little yeah. bit, honestly. Yeah. That's that was one of my small critiques, I guess I had. Mm. But other than that, I really did love the music. I just want to say again, Lalo Schifrin, amazing. And he also is a school uh, a friend, and also got brought up by Dizzy Gillespie. Mm. So I think that was a nice little nod to him is in the beginning the shirt? with the shirt mm-hmm. for sure. And I, I get just the jazz element of the score, the ability to switch quickly uh, between keys and genres was so helpful for this movie and really difficult to do. And this composer obviously has a lot of like not just skill but like film skill yeah and and you can see just the the flexibility of the music was really helpful i just i can want to mention how much i loved that so <laughs> i like so, the corner i liked <laughs> i liked yeah. one line in this Over movie time. like a lot it oh, was yeah. uh the spy like, i liked a bunch yeah, yeah. but 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 one stood out in particular that i wrote it down let's put it that way uh, they were talking uh, with the. He was talking with a spy, and the spy guy says that being a spy is the last refuge of the incurable romantic. Hmm. <laughs> I was like, that's a great line. Yeah. Wait, we did the Russian spy say that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> he was so good. Yeah. I loved he when he just great. kept repeating Hopkins. tedium. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh that, was, that was that was great. Oh, I just put him right to sleep. It's yeah. hilarious. Tedium, <laughs> tedium. And I'm gonna be saying that. So it's just a tedium. Yeah, then he tedium. just starts saying it. It's yeah. better than you know the force. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> tedium. tedium. 
I just, I, I also really just liked how the Russian had that, like that very Russian mentality about things where like everyone else was kind of like very gung ho about their country and getting things taken care of. Mm-hmm. And the Russians like, eh, this is the position we're in. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to deal with it. Fuck mm-hmm. it. You know, it's just like, it had a much more like matter of factness to it that like all these guys are playing this game, but you know, we're going to do what the fuck we want. Cause you, you know, nothing you else. You did like that or you didn't like that? Uh, I, li- I like the portrayal. It's a very yeah. like, uh, it's a stereotypical comedic Russian version, but mm-hmm. I, I yeah. like that juxtaposition. I didn't know if I was unhappy my whole life or if it was just my Russian soul. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I definitely don't think it was negative. It wasn't. No, no, no. No, that's what I mean. It portrayed the Russians as like actually having the freedom. The the idea of like we have nothing left to lose, so kind of fuck it all. And to me, mm-hmm. that that I Let's like. Drink. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I like when they uh, when they do that in the um, because we're just so so used to seeing Russians as like the super big bads, but like to see them as just another guy in the same position we're all kind of in this together is is always a nice change for me i agree um okay derek do you have any reviews for us that yeah, we can derek, derek um, do you have any reviews i did not find i did not even look up any <laughs> we were going to skip this portion <laughs> i talked me. with i talked with uh, the yeah, other he, person he, from the podcast he, he talked with uh, me but, uh, uh, you didn't run yeah. it by me I didn't okay. it by, uh, you guys didn't serve that to the group chat which totally is, fine People yeah. can, you know, they can just, you know, yeah. press yeah. fast forward for 15 or, seconds. Or just listen uh, in no place of the review. Um, I love Jesus. Um, I love Jesus. Can we say that? In all action? of my, oh, hold on. I want to get you that know, clean. conversations <laughs> that I have with our fans, uh-huh. uh, a lot of them, yeah, they do complain. They do, yeah. About yeah. no reviews. Yeah, we have a, or no, 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 about the, the reviews. The reviews. Yeah. The one fan yeah. that we have. Oh, we have many fans. I was talking to Glenn Close the other day. She's a listener. And, uh, <laughs> Very close listener. That, that's the uh, one that works at the yeah. 7-Eleven, right? Yeah. We're terribly yeah. famous, James. <laughs> I like that guy, Glenn. He always gives me free Slim Jims. Yeah. I love that guy, yeah. Glenn. He, close yeah, he lets me yeah. fill my tank yeah. up every time I go yeah. by there. It's awesome. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we're getting to it, guys. The final ratings here. Let's Uh-oh. all think about oh, it. Oh, goodness. Mm. Give I us five. Scale. Think about five. It. Now, the, sc- the scale is yeah, up to you. We all scale. have our own stupid scales. I don't know why we decided to do it like that, but we do. <laughs> That's just the deal. Uh, yeah. I'm going to actually start with Sean. Let's hmm. go right to you, Sean. What do you think of this movie? I am going to give this four out of five stars. Mm. Um, I did not have to read anything, which boosted a star always. Um, <laughs> and I, there was comedy, which gives it another star. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, literally, this kind of like checks all the boxes for me. We had a very charismatic lead actor, a really interesting script with a lot of like sub- subversiveness to it and anti-government uh, feelings and That's sentiments. I, you know, the thing is five stars and zero stars are theoretical to me. Yeah. I don't know that either are actually. Do they even exist? Yeah. I don't know that they exist. Like I would have, like I have cried during movies, but I would have to be like really touched in order to give something a five star review. Ask them if art exists. Then (laughs) really make your noodles. Let's not go down that route at all. Yeah. Listen to his other reviews of other classic films. Yeah. So those are like two glowing. Two very interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, four is like the highest he's gone, I think. Yeah. All right, uh, Derek, what did you think of this movie? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a nine out of 12. I know. Because it was pretty funny. I enjoyed myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very articulate, sir. Yeah. Okay. I guess that, that says it. That's yeah. it. Uh, James, I'm going to go to you. What do you think? I'm going to go three and a half, four stars okay. out of five. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 like, I, 
you, you know, I, th- I think for me, uh, I like the 21st century a little bit more. I like a little bit faster pacing, mm-hmm. especially at the beginning of that picture. I thought we could have picked up the pace a little bit. It was sure. a little, took a little while to get yeah. there. Uh, but other than that, I think really, I thought it was well directed. I thought it was well acted. I thought the, you know, all of the crafts were excellent. I mean, right down to the wallpaper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, they, they, everybody did a good job on this picture. And, uh, you know, of course, it's my old man's picture. So I got to <laughs> give it a, at least a half a point for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's okay. We, we allow a little bias, I think. Yeah. Uh, Tim, what do you think? I'm going to rate this movie as a, a wide smile showing a mouthful of teeth. <laughs> and that's because that's because this this movie was terribly fun. I had a lot of fun watching this. We mm-hmm. all had some moments where we were just laughing very loudly. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the film's got some bite to it as yeah. well, you know, and it's it I loved the acerbic nature of it. Uh I loved that really kind of, you know, staring authority in the eye mm-hmm. sort of sort of and aspect to this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just you know, a lot of fun in the late 60s and a lot, you mm-hmm. know, like I said, I grew up watching a lot of late 60s cinema with my mom, mm-hmm. you know, and this movie reminds me a lot of movies like uh, with six, you get egg roll. I don't know if anybody's seen no that. No idea. Is uh, that another racist Chinese food joke? Okay, well, George Carlin's in it. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Hey. Oh, George Carlin. He's in he's a, a movie that's not a, dogma? How many part. other words does it use? <laughs> <laughs> None of them, actually. <laughs> Zero of the seven. Um, but uh, either way, it just, you know, it had that sort of, uh, like, this isn't going to be the right word, but my mother would always say teeny bopper. Huh. Sort of had that teeny bopper feel to it, you know, that yeah, real late a young 60s flavor for the time, jaunty bounce yeah. that the kids are gonna dig, you know. Um, I think you're just thinking of that uh, that girl's outfit. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, the transparent. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of that girl's outfit. What a yeah. balloon! We all love the, <laughs> the transparency of the outfit. You know, but, it blew away on a balloon. But yeah, you can all you thank know, your cinematographer for his lighting. It was a fun yes. picture, and it uh, it was you know historically one of the one of the more or well like in sociologically mm. more important of the of the films that uh, had anyone actually seen it yeah that we've seen yeah you know so sociologically <laughs> exactly. important that it was kept from us <laughs> yeah till mm. 2008 book was burned but yep yep wide smile showing a mouthful of teeth that's... and that's the tim snow review <laughs> thanks tim that's accurate. you're welcome uh, I think that this, I'm going to first of all give this movie a, a seven and a half out of 10, hmm. which is a pretty solid review for me. I, I think this was really enjoyable. Um, I think it was really enjoyable, honestly, because I was watching with you guys and we were all kind of laughing at certain mm-hmm. things. Um, but I also was just really impressed with uh, its humor, just yep. how like it really was that dark, nice kind of humor. I love the music. I thought it was wonderful. Uh, I just liked the idea that everyone needs an analyst. Everyone needs someone yeah. to Even an unload needs an their to shit on yeah. yeah, and it even the analysts need him now. Yeah, and he, I loved when yeah. he said, "I need her." That was mm. really nice, and it wasn't yeah. just you know, "I need her to fuck her," which probably was the part of that too. But he was, "I need her to unload during after the day." You know, when he talks to the president, he Poppy has cock. to talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was really nice. It was a nice kind of message, and and on top of that, it, it was fun. It was a nice kind of romp. It was like a spy thriller. So uh, I really did enjoy this one. I thought it was a it was a good one. Mm-hmm. Good pick, James. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And I also think it was so fascinating because you also mentioned Dr. Strangelove was yeah. our other pick, possibly. Yeah. It was so similar yeah. in tone. Lots just of the themes. way that you could kind of use satire in that way. And mm-hmm. it definitely is one of the first I can see. And, yeah. and it should be uh, emulated nowadays. I can yeah. definitely see people going back into this one and kind of mining certain moments. I think you guys should watch Strangelove. And it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate, yeah, sure. you know, that yeah. this film, as soon as it came out, just fell 59 floors straight down. <laughs> 
got it in there. Every well, week. Well oh. well and this done. is gonna you're gonna think a lot less of me. <laughs> Every week I make one joke about uh uh Clapton. Clapton's kid falling out of a window and dying. <laughs> James is shaking his head. Everybody needs an analyst. That's what I say. Yeah. But the record he made as a result of it was really fucking good. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. I guess good song. things Joe's do come listen from to bad. <laughs> Joe, on the way home from some podcast, he made me listen to it. Yeah, Yeah, you remember? I don't remember that, but we were in the car after one of these podcasts. He's like, Tim, you need to listen to the song. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's it's almost a punishment in many ways. It's like, yeah, it's like forcing you to you know smoke a whole pack of cigarettes. Uh, Maybe it's forcing himself to face that reality. I know I don't belong here in heaven. Well done. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Applause. That's nice. That's good. And that's a great note to end on. Well, before we do end, Tim, uh, you're going to make a pick next week. Do you have yes. any idea what you might uh, Terribly choose? excited about Gregory Chukre's Ballad of a Soldier, 1959. Uh, we haven't seen a Russian film. Fucking subtitles. Yet. Yeah, fuck you, Sean. I love making Sean read. Um, but uh, Gregory Chukre's uh, Ballad of a Soldier. You know, I was just kind of, I, I was interested in, in watching something Russian, because I, I do like that perspective, though I have trouble staying awake for it. Is it, what, um, two, three hours long? Uh, <laughs> it might be. <laughs> could be. Could be. Could Multiple be. intermissions. But, uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited that it's a it's a film that Derek hasn't seen yet. Oh, that's right. That's a, a Russian film I have. I know. Uh, I know. Wow. That's a, that's a tall order. But, uh, yep, I don't want to give too much away about it, but it, uh, from what I've read of it, it sounds terribly interesting, and I'm excited to watch it. So, mm. Ballad of a Soldier, Grigory Chukre. Very cool. Will be a ballad, and there will be a soldier in it. Mm, possibly. Spoilers. Possibly. Yeah. Don't, don't hold your breath. I mean, yeah. Definitely a soldier. Titles can lie. Yeah. You know, maybe it's like a metaphorical ballad. Mm. True. You know? Ballad. You know how things go on too long? <laughs> yep. of which, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw out a recommendation, which we don't always do, but sometimes we do. And right now, I got something on the brain. Well, so, there is the uh, British History Podcast, of yeah, course. Of course, the of course. British course. History yeah, Podcast. Mention them. Yeah. Always the British History Podcast. Obligatory. No idea why. Jamie um, Jeffers. I'm going to recommend this week that uh, you go out and see Tomorrow Man. Uh, this is John Lithgow uh, starring as a, a prepper. That is falling in love. A uh, nice little uh, uh, indie love story movie uh, about two eccentrics that uh, that you know have a relationship. Um, very fun little movie. Um, it was again kind of along these lines of like the stuff that Sean Fall likes, where it's you know a lot of uh, conspiracy and a lot of um, kind of weird awkwardness, but together in a little romance that. Uh, is definitely worth watching. Hmm. So if you're looking and that's, for, and that's that's a newer one that's that in theaters? is in theaters, uh, theaters. currently. Man, yeah. how old and is this scattering of anti-governmentness? In? Oh I mean, yes, very much yeah. so. Yeah. Have you seen Safety Not Guaranteed? Uh, no, I have not. Oh, you might like that. Mm. Yeah, I got a recommendation. Um, uh, cotton candy. It's really good. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's delicious. pretty tasty. Usually, what flavor? Uh, just blue? any in particular. Not, not in particular. <laughs> blue is good. <laughs> Uh, green, yes. uh, green, green cotton green. green. I don't think I've ever encountered never green, green cotton, 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 cotton candy. Have you never candy. been to the fair? I've seen blue, I've seen pink, I've seen purple. I don't think I've ever seen green. Green uh, sometimes can be sour apple. That's kind of good. Sour Ooh, apple. They they had a uh, they had one of that uh, down at the Disneyland. There's wow. a cotton candy oh, yeah. place outside of Disneyland. 
Cotton like Candy stand. Land, <clears throat> little stand. It's in. A, it comes in a bucket. Yeah. I'd, like a bucket to, of it. I'd like to. I'd like to. Seven dollars. Since we're you know on the subject of you recommendation. Made recommendation, what you already made your recommendation. You well, I mean the British History Podcast sort of goes without saying. <laughs> but 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 Kenosha, Wisconsin, the Mars Cheese Castle, <laughs> just outside Mars city limits. <laughs> yeah, fantastic selection of cheese. Even more <laughs> fantastic selection of craft beer. I highly suggest you go check it out. Get you some of those good Wisconsin cheese curds that mm. squeak when you eat them. The Mars Cheese Castle. Hit the mm. corn maze on your way there. Thank the you. corn maze on the way there. Because that's a maze maze. You know, is there cheese-flavored cotton candy? Because that might be... Sean, that's we've disgusting. got something to work on. <laughs> <laughs> I have, on more than one occasion, had to stop myself from buying a home cotton candy machine. <laughs> <laughs> I can uh, see that. I can I see tell that. you what, my reviews are going to go... St- <laughs> like, I'm going to add another star to everything if we, if we <laughs> have cotton, cotton candy, candy while we're watching movies. <laughs> Green cotton. Green, green, green. Must be green. Now that I know green's yeah. a possibility, that might. Uh, yeah. Okay. Manifest right. destiny. Well, for now that this has become a text before calling episode, <laughs> be sure to check out the other programs on the Fawcast Network, which include Text Before Calling. Yeah. Going down on as South well Park. as going um, down. Well, I was yeah, I was leaving room for you oh, guys because okay. I only know Text Before Calling. Literally really. literary. Politinkering. And also, let me thank you, James. It was really a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for oh, coming. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I really uh, enjoyed yeah. it. I would we'd love to have you back anytime. So, I, yeah, all you got to do is say, "Come on down, I'll be here." Yeah. So, if you think of another uh, movie, you don't have to pick another James Coburn movie. <laughs> no, I got a couple in mind, but we would love it. Okay. Uh, you know, so uh, anytime. He could be our new Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. We're looking to fill that void that Jimmy left. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah, I guess that's yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, up thanks on the Twitters. It is up on the, uh, the emails. We're yeah. at uh, Celluloid Breakdown on the Twitters. You can visit uh, Derek at his house. Yeah, you can. just come by. Yep, anytime. Yep. Just knock. Anytime. Yep. Just knock. I'm living under a bridge near the 101 these days, so you oh. can come see me there. Just mm. drop some groceries off. <laughs> and <be> <laughs> bring food. <laughs> In- embracing your inner troll. Yeah, absolutely. Charging uh-huh. a toll. Yeah. We yep. Pay the Looking troll for toll. that boy's soul. And that, please.